Messi, yo. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Flight Deck Podcast. It's your boy TK along with Mr. Omari Brown and Mr. Matthew Freeze. And as you can hear playing behind me, we are celebrating our first win of the season. Guys, what is up? What's up? What's up? First win of the Robert Sala era. First win of the Zach Wilson era. Yeah, man, we have a lot to be excited about. Finally, something good to talk about. It feels good to come up here and not have to vent, but it feels good to come up here and be optimistic so i'm ready to rock yeah no i'm i'm really happy about last week's victory we're recording this on a thursday so you know it's time to move on from that but uh we can still digest it and uh talk about it so can't wait to uh dive in that's true yeah we have we have we have moved on but it's been a it feels really good right it's like even it feels the, good the for the whole up until exactly the exactly it felt really good up until wednesday and then you're like all right but then we got more good news, which we'll get into. So, you know, I think I think we're building a lot of uh, positive momentum. Hopefully oh, we yeah. just can put a little winning streak together. Oh, yeah, man. I, I am so excited. You know, that that victory, you know, gave life to to the to the fan base, man. It gave us something to be be happy about. And then we became unhappy. Uh, well, a lot of us did anyway. So our boy and, you know, we all feel some type of way about him. But news came out about Marcus May and the trouble that he has gotten himself into, apparently back in February in Miami, I believe. Um, It doesn't look good, man. Like, he already had the ankle injury, and then you had the the agent and and his shenanigans and nonsense. Y'all talked about that last week. And then you got, you know, the news about the DUI and hit and run and like all of that. And to top it off, he told no one on the team. That makes it that much worse, man. What's y'all thoughts on? Well, you can see why he wasn't named team captain, I guess. Someone had to know. I mean, honestly, like last year we were singing Marcus May's praises. This year it's kind of like, you know, between his agent and obviously his off the field, you know, bullshit going on it's not exactly a good look but it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow because when you have your agent come out talking about oh he'll be healthy by the deadline and then that you combo that with the fact that you you know I, I think they said somewhere along in the ballpark of six misdemeanors was that was that what I read some I, I believe so six misdemeanors for hit and run and so I think this was in Florida or something like that 
But I mean, you know, what are you doing? And to also not tell your your employers that you 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 know you're gonna go through a legal case and you don't even have a court date yet, and then it comes up and you just happen to get injured, like it's a bad look all around. And you know, I mean, we love Marcus May. I mean, or we historically have loved Marcus May, but it's kind of looking like JD might have been right not signing him because look what's been going on since that date. So I mean, it's a tough pill to swallow. Marcus May is a hell of a football player, but who knows the ramifications of his actions from the league. Who knows what happens moving forward? Who knows when he gets healthy? And, and, and the story is yet to be told down the line. So I guess we're going to have to sit back, wait, and see what actually happens. But tough pill to swallow and uh, not exactly the best news you want to hear after a big win on a Sunday. Yeah, I think it's not a good look. And just like with the agents, Miss poorly timed tweet, I think that this is poorly timed. And to be fair, you know, maybe he didn't feel the need to report it to the Jets because technically was he under contract? Because he didn't sign his his franchise tender until July. But this still, I guess, yeah, that, that that's a good point. He probably wasn't ob- obligated to do so because it happened in February and his future with the team was probably up in the air. So maybe he didn't feel the need to tell them. And obviously they, they didn't tell him because he was in the middle of hopefully signing an extension or, or speaking with other teams. But it's not, it's not what you want to see. Um, this team needs as little distractions as possible. And one thing that we can point to is that they haven't been any negative distractions or any outside influences. They've been really close-knit and tight. It's always been one message coming out of uh, one judge drive, so that's been good to see. But, no, this sucks. Uh, Marcus May is, is the best player in the secondary, or we, we you know, we value him that way. Yeah. And uh, he, needs to see, he needs to set a better example. But, I, I, mean, I mean, honestly, unless he comes back and – you know, and feelings change and he just absolutely balls out. I think that this is going to be Marcus May's last season with the Jets unless he unless they franchise him again. But I could definitely see them moving him or letting him walk and then just getting that compensatory pick. Because I think now I think that's the way that we're going to start to see this team being run. Yeah. I, you know what? I If if I'm Joe Douglas, you know, I'm, I'm going to Marcus May. I'm putting my arm around him. I'm telling him, hey, we're family take this 8 million a year. Like I'm using this to my advantage. If, if like I, you know, I, you know me, Omar, I'm all about players getting their money, but like, Hey dog, this, this is a situation you in. You, you facing legal troubles. You, you go get suspended by the league. That's, that's a given. And it's self-inflicted too. It's not. And it's self-inflicted. It. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm helping you help me. And that's, that's what I do. Like you can forget about the 15, 18, whatever, you know, numbers been, been tossed around. Number. Yeah. You know, you can forget about all of that. Here, take this eight. I may go 10, three for 33 tops. And, and yeah. let's ride. Yeah. I mean, originally I said that four for 44 was what he probably should have signed before last year or something like that. Now this, this knocks it down. So he's going to miss time when people had, you know, concerns about his durability. And now this, now people are going to have questions about his character. And I wouldn't say that that was, you know, that that's you know fair because he's been a great soldier and a good person up until this point. But yeah, it's, it's really not, he, he was never going to get, Marcus May was never going to get that, that Eddie Jackson money. Cause even that deal looks bad. Now that Jamal yeah. Adams deal looks horrible. I mean, I think all those safety deals pretty much look bad now, except for Justin Simmons. And Tyron Matthew, but at least, you know, they, you know, they won a Super Bowl and Tyron Matthew does a lot for that defense. The Chiefs have a bunch of other holes, but yeah, I think guys like Marcus May, I believe Jabril Preppers is up for a new deal as well, too. So a lot of guys like that, that don't really overwhelm you or don't stand out that much on a stat sheet or, or do anything that that's 
I don't know. I guess I guess that's sexy, or if they struggle a little bit in the in the past game. I just think that safeties and like certain tight ends, just like we you know we were talking about you know with the whole drafting of Kyle Pitts thing. Um, yeah, yeah, you're just gonna see those non-premium positions just not get uh, paid as well. Yeah, um, and uh, you know before we get away from this, I I want to just uh, go back to something you said, Amari. You you said that you know they've been tight knit, you know. Th- uh, all the messages that's been coming out of one just drive has been positive. Like before this year, something like this happening would have been expected. Now it was more of a surprise than anything. And, uh, you know, that's indicative of the direction that this franchise is moving towards and, and going in, you know, quite fast. Um, like they're, they're, they're all about business. Forget page six, forget, you know, the, the, the clown show, the, the circus and all that has always surrounded us. Like they're actually making positive moves. And we saw that today. News came out um, that our boy and we talked about this months ago. We episode 24, matter of fact, we talked about this months ago. Um, news came out today that the Jets are signing JFM to an extension and the the franchise as a whole uh, the fan base as a whole should be super excited about this like I know he wasn't one we drafted but we you know we got him from the Rams for little or nothing and he's ours now and, and they're keeping him and that's something as Amara say something you love to see like what's your, what's your I'm, I'm going to start with you Amara what, what you feeling about that yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, um, you know when when the news cycle is slow, you have to start looking for for headlines or even or even storylines. And I think one of the storylines with the Jets was the amount of depth uh, and and really underrated pieces that they had on this D line. You know, and but those underrated pieces were Bryce Huff, Jonathan Franklin Myers, Foley Fadokasi, and we pointed out two of those guys. I've loved Foley since he was drafted out of UConn in the sixth round. I did not expect this from Jonathan Franklin Myers, but we looked at both of those guys as guys that are uh, for two things, guys that should be early extension candidates and guys that are going to explode onto the scene. I think Foley Fadokasi is going to be one of the premier run stoppers in the league. And we've seen on a weekly basis, I believe JFM has a sack in almost every game, correct? Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure he has this. Well, he's got three sacks this year. Yeah, he's got three or, or four sacks or something like that. But he's always making a play, and he's not just a he's not just a rotational pass rusher. Now he's a starting edge rusher. Now teams are starting to, you know, game plan for him, and he's still making an impact on the field. He's only 25 years old. He's gotten better every single time. He seems to be a great um, locker room guy. These are guys that you sign and these are guys that you extend. You want to get to a point where you're drafting and extending your own players. The, The goal isn't to be big free agent spenders every free agency period, because remember the Jets have offered top dollar to Jack Conklin. They've offered top dollar to Joe Thune and these guys turn them away so they can go rightfully so go compete for playoff teams and championships. So once you start to build a championship culture, then you don't even have to pay uh, these outside guys to come in. You don't really have to bribe people. Cause that's essentially what you're doing. You're bribing some of these people to come here. Yeah, they're being paid handsomely, but if their heart really isn't in it, you want guys that want to be here, the guys that want to play for what's on their helmet and and, and guys that, that really want to grow and believe in what you're doing. So I think that extending Jonathan Franklin Myers is a step in the right direction. Remember we were talking about the message that it sent for not extending Marcus May? 
this is a complete 180. This shows a team that if you work hard, you'll be rewarded. So looking at you, Bryce Huff, looking at you, Javelin Guidry, looking at you, Bryce Hall, you guys play hard. We invest in you. We develop you. We're going to extend you and we're going to sign you. So I, I love, I love it. Yeah, I mean, all offseason, all we heard was the Jets need to build a foundation, a culture, and and this is, is exactly what it signals to us. JFM is a foundational piece, and they actually just updated on Twitter. It's a four-year deal, not a three-year deal, so that's going to keep them as a nice until 29. So obviously, pass rushers can still get, you know, a, a decent contract at 29, so very well. You could extend them past that, you know, in, in the four years. So, listen, man, that's, that's a great deal for a guy that had a 77 pass rush grade last year, 51 pressures. The way I kind of look at this is, I mean, we don't have the exact figures yet, so that's going to be interesting to see what that is. But, I mean, you're paying you're, – you're essentially signing him to a contract extension for what he's going to do, not what he has done already, which is what we've been preaching with contracts all year, is that you got to sign these guys at this age – and then watch as they continue to grow, i.e. when Quentin Williams is up for his deal, you're going to want to sign him because you know he's only going to get better because that's what he's been doing. So this signals to me that you sign JFM, you lock him up, you keep, you're going to have Salah for a minimum four years, I would think, if not hopefully longer, right? Because you, you don't want that coach turnover because it's usually a signal that you're not doing well. But you have JFM locked up for four years. We don't know the figure. And honestly, we, we were in pre-discussion. in pre, in pre uh, you know, discussion. We were talking about like market value for DNs, premium DNs. And if, if JFM continues at this rate, what he's going to end up somewhere in the ballpark of what, 12 sacks, 11, 12 sacks. Now, yeah. now it is in the market. You can get, you know, a good pass rusher, but a guy who's getting you 12 double digit sacks, even coming off, you know, he's 25 years old. You got to take everything into an account, into account, you know, you're going to get him and he's going to, you're going to pay a premium for him up, you know, close to $20 million. So anything below $20 million, anything below $18 million, I would say is a steal. So, I mean, I'm, uh, we're going to wait for the numbers to come out. JFM has been everything that we want. He's a former fourth round pick of the Rams. So, you know, the talent was there. It's just someone had to mold it. And here it is Robert Solon Albrecht doing what they do best, which is mold talent. I mean, look, look across the defense. You got Javelin Gidry, Bryce Hall. You have all these guys excelling. So, I mean, it's a beautiful thing when you can sit there, you can sign your own guys. And like you said, Amari, you're signaling to the other guys in the locker room, the Foley's, the the Javelin Gidry's, Bryce Hall's, that you work your ass off, you're going to get rewarded. And and like you said, this is a this is a 180 from what the Marcus May thing is. And I'm just excited to see what the numbers are. I'm sure it's going to be less than, than you know, what he probably would have gotten in the open market. And I'm sure it was just a, a case of this is more money than he's ever gotten, you know, ever. And it's kind of hard to say no to a contract like that. So I'm excited to see it. And I'm happy for JFM and the, and the Jets' future. Oh, yeah, man. Um, and, and, you know, it kind of seemingly came out of nowhere. Like, it just popped up. Jets are giving JFM an extension. And, and then it made me think, like, well – you look at that Tennessee game, he had a sack. He had two tackle for losses. He had three QB hits. Like he would and, and the the lick he put on Derrick Henry, like you see Derrick Henry issuing out the punishment. You don't see him get stonewall and drop, you know, where he falls back two yards. Like I know they were sitting in the booth, like, well, we know what we gotta do now, and we better do it right now. 
It's no yeah, coincidence well, they did that right after the tennis shit. There's no coincidence after he pushed that. I think it was Kessenberry or whatever straight into. Yeah, Derek yeah I was about to say that's what happened. He threw another large man into a another large, large man. Uh, another large man. A larger yeah. man almost. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I've been thoroughly impressed because I, to be honest with you, like not you know I'm not I'm not being pessimistic. I do think that JFM is a really good young player, but I viewed him more as a rotational piece. I mean, he's a starting DN now. He's better in the run game. And I thought that he was going to struggle a little bit playing on, you know, playing more so on the edge and trying to get around the edge using his speed because, you know, when he's when he was playing base five. So basically he was playing inside a lot last year. So he's been winning on the outside. So I just think, um, you know, a versatile piece like him, I, I just think that, you know, no matter what system that you're playing in, he's going to give you value in both. And I think, I think this is going to turn out – I think this is what they wanted to do with the Henry Anderson contract. And I think that we're going to get a lot of production – out of JFM. So, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not even going to lie to you. Anywhere from four, four years, eight to 12 million per, I'm okay with. So if, they, if, if we hear that it's four years, $48 million, that's totally fine with me. If he's going to give you 12 sacks playing 90% of the snaps or give you, you know, seven plus playing 60 to 70% of the snaps, I think that that's a home run. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, man, I, it, it, you know, it just made me feel good seeing that because, like I said, we talked about this months ago. And, yeah, we did. You know, like we talked about forecasting and, and the GM, a good GM having the common sense and the wherewithal to forecast with his players. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing that in real time. And, you know, for all the, the flag we've given JD, especially about the 2020 draft, he, he – He's making some 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 very solid moves, man. He's brought in some solid players, and we, we're seeing it with Huff. We're seeing it with JFM. We're like, we're well, seeing it all over the field. Well, I mean, we're gonna have to. And, and to be honest, like you know, I wanted I, I wanted Foley and and JFM, but I, I think I think Foley is like really important. I think that once you get into the metrics and they, once you break down film, people are gonna really appreciate and and see how value just how valuable Foley Fadokasi is. That's why I really want him to be extended. But this yes. is a great job of forecasting for him because I, even though I would have done it, because I know what I saw from JFM down the stretch and throughout the entire year to comfortably give him a three or four year deal at eight mil. I wanted to, it, it to happen before the season, but this is kind of smart because now Joe Douglas knows that I have a guy now that at worst, he's going to be an above average starter. If you put him into that rotational role, I'm going to, that, that he becomes like one of the best, you know, we'll just say, you know, third edge rushers off the bench, off the sideline or whatever. So he waited to see if he, if he could keep up this, this output and keep up this level of play. And now you're going to be rewarded. So maybe he's going to wait for till the second quarter of the season to see if Foley's going to continue to do what he's doing. So maybe he's, he's just, he's just sitting and waiting, but this is a good job of, I think this is the sweet spot of forecasting and planning ahead and not waiting too long. So I think that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the first quarter of the season, you know, we're four games in. So you're really going to see, you know, you're really going to start to see guys getting better. And and just to, and I know that this 20, and I know that people out there probably getting to know me, always bringing up the 2020 class, but now we're starting to see the class take shape in a different form. You look at the fifth rounds on, complete home run. And I think that when those, when those later round picks turn into contributors and starters, and not just starters, number one corners, now, now we're talking, you know? So if you like, because you got the punter, you know, Trade a man when he comes back. You got your starting nickel and Gidry. 
I mean, that's three really important phases of the team right there. You got a, you know, a, a rotational edge rusher. That's four solid pieces after from the fifth round and beyond. So you have to give credit where it's due. And then every you look at the draft pundits now, Daniel Jeremiah saying Joe Douglas hit on both Michael Carters. Right. And those guys, those are fourth. So those are fourth rounders and beyond. Hamza Nazruddin is starting. Yeah, he just went on the IR. But Isaiah Dunn stepping up. And you know, once we get into the once we get into the game, like it's like Joe, Joe Douglas's influence is littered all over the football games now. Now you're starting to see it. And 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 that, and that's a good thing. And I and I would and you guys know, like when I'm bashing the team, I have to do it because I have to be I have to be objective. But I am a Jets fan, so I do want to be wrong if I'm uh, critiquing the team. So, so it's just really good to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the last point I have on, on this deal is pretty much like look at what he did with Carl Lawson, right? What does this kind of kind of mean with the combination that they're going to have? They're going to have that for a minimum another two years. And honestly, he was pay- he's paying Carl Lawson not because the sack numbers were there with Cincinnati, but for what he's going to do and the advanced metrics that you were you know referring to is that Carl Lawson had a crap ton of pressures. You know what else? You know what JFM had? 51 pressures last year. So you're paying yep. him for, for not only the, the production, maybe the number, the stats don't pack it up, but the in-depth look at what the stats could forecast in the future, like you said, Amari. So this is just another, honestly, this is a feel-good deal for all of us because it, it's kind of a little I told you so moment for the podcast, but it's also, you know, a feel-good moment because we are all Jets fans at heart. And I can't tell you how many people on Twitter and social media I've seen clamoring for this deal to get done. And the fact that it got done right after he had – a really influential game against the Titans isn't, isn't really a shock to me. And it's not a surprise to anyone in the fan base. And it's not so much. an I told you so a moment, it's just a, um, a moment affirmation, of maybe that went affirmation that, or that, or that like we're, or that we have the pulse of what the team possibly needs. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it's good. It's not, it's not always to be, I told you so, but sometimes it is right. Especially when people try to talk shit. But yeah, but yeah, um, y'all want to get into the game? Yeah, I was about to say, since we talked about what he did in the game, let's go ahead and stay with that with that game against Tennessee. Now, we heard all the talk, you know, they didn't have Julio, they didn't have AJ. And to those people who say that, I really don't care. Nobody gave a shit about our injuries. Not a single person. We got 30-something million sitting on IR. Nobody cares. So I don't want to hear that they didn't have AJ, they didn't have Julio. It doesn't what matter. Did, what does Stephen they say? I'm here to tell you, we don't care. Right. We, <laughs> we, we don't, don't care. care. <laughs> we don't care. We are one in three and, and happy to be one in three. It is so. hard enough to win in this damn league. I don't need the excuses for why your team lost. Exactly. Right. They, so, so, you know, like, man, we, I, I was very happy watching that game. Like so, so what did you so so what did you like the most, TK? What I really liked the most was the defense. Okay. Like, well, let me just say, congrats to the offense. They scored more in one game than they scored all season. You know that that was big for them. But you kept seeing the defense once again bailing them out when they made mistakes. They made bad throws when Corey Davis slipped and Zach threw that pick, which that pick wasn't on Zach. Corey Davis did slip. Um, but the defense came right back and bailed him out again and again. And honestly, man, the fact that Derrick Henry had like 160 yards, but it was so 
quiet if if 160 yards can be quiet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, he didn't just exert his will over that defense like you we've seen him do. You know against other defenses, and everybody was hitting his ass. Everybody. That that's one thing I will say. The the, the theme of this season, obviously, I think I think the the feel good story of this team has been the young DBs because everybody wanted Richard Sherman and y'all saw what happened to Richard Sherman on Monday night. My God. (laughs) Listen, I I was starting to feel bad. They was picking on dude out there. They really, he looked like the old dude that showed up to the Sunday pickup games and he's like 30, he's like 35 now and everybody's 25 and 27. In his last couple of years. Yeah, he did. He did. I I didn't, I didn't didn't really, he wasn't going to be like that. I I didn't appreciate what, uh, what the Patriots did to Richard Sherman. He's going through a lot right now. And I didn't appreciate that. (laughs) But but I'll tell you what I really liked Uh, TK. Just like you said, after the interception, after a few three and out, Zach was missing some throws. It kind of started to feel like, oh shit, here we go again. Right. And then, and then there were, then there were some bonehead penalties. Cause you know, that's, what happens when defenses start getting tired they start getting undisciplined so that's what you see i i like that zach finally got it going and i and i'm glad that it was able to happen at home because now people can see the, the kid is electric i'm not gonna lie like i think that this i think that he's he's always he has to he needs to be rolling out there needs to be a little bit of chaos for him to really thrive that's when, like, when everything is off schedule, the biggest thing with him is going to be, you know, just kind of control his aggression a little bit. But I'm sorry, man. The kid is special. You saw him when he when he did the point. Like, that's going to be on Bill uh, Boys for a very long time. On the big throw when he pointed and, and threw the uh, – to two of them, basically. But the one where he pointed, he threw the touchdown to Corey Davis. That's one of the best passes that you'll see. That's to a be T-shirt. Real, yeah, yeah. And this isn't hyperbole. Matt, TK, y'all know that this – you know, I don't really – I try not to get too high and too low. Maybe eight quarterbacks can make that throw that he put because he put that shit right. He put the biscuit in the bread basket. All right. Like that was that was a perfect throw. I love the throw. He should have had uh, three touchdowns because if, if Keelan Cole keeps his footing, that's another walk in touchdown. He threw a yep. dart. He threw a dart to Jamison Crowder on a on a on a speed out uh, in the red zone. He was kind of late with it, but he just has the arm strength to make up for it. I really liked it. And then you started to see the run game open up a little bit. But if we're being real, and that's that's the good, he he made Matt Matt Lafleur, uh, Mike Lafleur, look good on all those. I'm going to be doing that all season, guys. I always get Matt and Mike mixed up for some reason, but I think he made him look good because those are th- those plays aren't schemed. Those that's Zach Wilson just being special. I still think that there's, I don't know. I still feel like there's some disconnect, and and rightfully so. They're only four games in to their, their careers together. But I mean, I was really happy with the, with, with the offense and yeah, I'm just happy that they were able to put some points in Michael Carter, who is on the flight deck podcast draft hall of fame. And I think he's just going to continue to get better. There's a lot of things that you see. And I think that now we, we, we've settled on um, our, our triumvirate of receivers, right? It's going to be Davis Cole and Crowder yeah. from here on out. I think that that's, and you know, Denzel Mims, he can try to get a handful of snaps a game, they, they can no longer force feed Elijah Moore snaps. He has to earn those snaps. I think that Zach is going to do best with the veteran wide receiving core. And, you know, I was able to see. And for the most part, the the, the offensive line held up. You know, I just don't think that we're going to get solid interior O-line play this season. That, that's just what it is. Uh, we're just going to have to help, you know, help throw the center and the right guard out. And hopefully everybody stays healthy. But, I mean, for offensively, that I loved it. 
offensively, like you said, I think Zach Wilson bailed the floor out, but like, I'm okay with that because the off script stuff is what Zach, we all thought Zach was going to do really well. I mean, we all saw that throw at the pro day. We know what it is. We know he has the arm strength to make all the throws. We knew he has, he could make that throw. And there's only eight other quarterbacks or seven other quarterbacks that can make it. So we already knew. And the thing that made me the happiest is, did you guys see when Michael Carter ran in for that touchdown, like the look of relief from everyone, but then not only that, like actually on the play, you see like Jamison Crowder come in late to give that last minute shove. And he like fell on the pile to just push him. Like that's like a team working in, in, in like cohesion and they're all happy. They're genuinely happy for each other. And I know we're going to probably talk about the whole Jamison Crowder making the difference and the, the contract thing and whatever, but like, Everyone, I saw Morgan Moses get in on that when he realized Michael Carter was still moving his little 5A body for the end zone. I saw Morgan Moses get up. He was like, oh, snap. And then just started pushing the damn pile. And they got in and the Let's go. relief. That, listen, that, that, yeah, that, yeah it, that was excitement, but that was also an offense saying we need some damn points. Right. Like this is a huge part in the season. Yeah. If they don't, if they only get three points there, it is a completely di- like you can spiral. You saw that last year when you're supposed to win some games and you don't put teams away. So, and I, and I mean, it wasn't a perfect, you know, it wasn't a perfect outing and we're not asking for perfection. We're just asking for progress. Um, you know, you got to put the, te- you got to put the team away after that. The Jets had a, a few chances to, to put the team away. If we, if we see this type of effort and we still lose, no one should be mad. Exactly. If the losses look like that, we would totally be okay could with be it. Made. Argument could be made though. The losses would have looked like that if the offense showed up. That's true. That is true. That is true. You know, let's be honest. The defense been carrying us, so it was nice that the offense put 27 up. And and we're going to talk – we're going to preview the game later, but there's no excuse again this coming week for them not to put points up again. And I'm not saying that because, you know, we're some offensive, you know – Juggernaut. No, you're saying that. It's just, you know, we're being realistic. And you're also saying that – Oh, no, go. I was just going to say, you're also saying that because... One last thing, because I know we talked about the throw to Corey Davis. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that can make that, namely Mahomes, Allen, you know, uh, maybe Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, you know, whatever. But I think more impressive than that, I think I said this in the group chat, you know, a couple of days ago, I think the most impressive damn pass was that third and two in overtime where he just floated the ball to Keelan Cole on the sideline. Oh, my God. It dropped out Uh, of the sky. It was was one of the most beautiful passes. That, that was actually beautiful. Like, I'm telling you, he throws the ball so effortlessly sometimes. I, I don't think – like, when he threw that ball to Keelan Cole, I thought he was hitting – I because I think that they were running mesh. So, it was like a, it was like a 12 and, and a dig, and I thought it was – the dig was coming across the, the field. So, I thought he was going with an intermediate route. I could not believe that he threw that ball, like, 40 yards in the air. Like, every throw – 50-yard passes in a game. Exactly. So like, that's like, I mean, I think that's what, I think that's what JD meant when he said pressure burst pipes, you, you got to put pressure on the defense. But I mean, I mean, it was, Oh, th- this, this is my point. Um, the first three games, the Jets played really tough defenses. Like all those defenses are probably top 12, top 15 defenses, right? We know Carolina won. Yeah. Car- yeah. Carolina's number one. The Patriots have, you saw the Patriots gave uh, Brady trouble. Fits. And they oh, and man. they had and they had all of their receivers and and Denver you know they they're, they're not any slouch they're, they're no slouches either big Fangio so I mean I think that we're going to start to see the offense get a little better as these defenses get a little worse to be honest so I listen if I really want to see how they're going to do this weekend before I say anything but the, the Jets don't have the Jets don't have a one way ticket to the cellar this year. I don't think so. Miami doesn't look that doesn't look that good, and New England's beatable. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. But um, how, what what about defensively, Tyrus? What, what, unless I have anything else for the offense. 
Um, no, nah, I don't have anything for the offense. Even you know, Matt brought up that pass, and I told him that that was my favorite pass of the game. I got, I got one uh, more thing though, just quickly. Shout out to Tevin Coleman on the important third down conversion as well. Yeah, exactly. he went over the top, and I, and I, I think that I, I think, wasn't even going to go there with with Tevin. Yeah. I, I no, no, but I am, but I am happy though. I am happy that they 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 had Tevin Coleman in or Michael Carter in on those third down situations. Like they identified that Ty Johnson isn't that guy, and they didn't have him there the next week. So I do appreciate that. Did you see? And, and this will be my last point about the offense. But did you see on that broken play where the fumble? It was a fumble coming out under the center. Oh, he picked it up, yes, and he yes. was like five yard. Like he. Did you see the post game interview when they yes, asked him what happened? I did. Like he's he was like, he's a, he was like he's I identified. Yeah, go say it. Oh no, he was like I identified the coverage. It was like their invert look or something or another. He was like I knew that Jamison Crowder. They they had the, I think they had some sort of you know crossing pattern going on. Yeah, and he was like I knew right off the bat that Jamison Crowder was going to be wide open. So he I I pulled back too fast, fumbled the ball, and I was panicking because I knew it was going to be there. And then I picked yeah. up and it, you want to talk about effortless. Like obviously all those big throws are effortless, but the way he just like, I think he threw it off his back foot and it was just, it was just a dime. And I was like, Oh my have, God. This, have this you, a- have you ever heard a Jets quarterback break down the coverage? What his pre pre uh, pre snap read was like that? No. no, never. Yeah. So like the kid, his, his recall is ridiculous. So I mean, you know, we were making fun of the, the <laughs> it's LeBron James <laughs> of, of the phrase mental horsepower. Yeah, and you're right, TK. The way the way he broke it down. So I mean, he's I'm glad I'm, he needed that game because now people can see why they, they took him. It's good to see when because how many times have the Jets drafted first round picks? And you're like, okay, this, this guy does this thing well, but you never see them do that thing well. Zach. Zach Wilson's talents was on just full display, man. and he and even even the beat writers were saying that Zach Wilson, no, he's had he had the best performance so far as a rookie. No rookie yeah. has been at. Oh, they said that right so. away. So, you know, Matt, what you just said when he said I knew Crowder was going to be open. When the last time we heard a quarterback, a Jets quarterback, say I, I knew, like I like having ever. that faith, having that faith makes a difference. Crowder makes a difference. And we we've talked about that, uh, so uh, you know I'm not saying that to rehash that. I'm just saying like to to have. I mean, that listen, listen. Means you a can lot. talk about it if you want to, because we definitely said that. I don't understand if you have this much cap space that you were trying to um, get him to take a pay cut. Jamison Crowder, listen. I know that Corey Davis is supposed to be the one. Jamison Crowder, he he makes Zach Wilson's life easier. Straight yeah. up, and you could love Elijah Moore as much as you want to. He's not ready. To, he's not ready to do what Jamison Crowder is doing right now. No, 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 he's not. Um, and you know, we wondered if they would have that synergy. Like, I, I, I really want to wait until after this this game against Atlanta to really, you know, dive into it because if we get a repeat of what we just saw, then you know how pissed I'm gonna be, Amari, because of that whole, you know, contract situation. But uh, what I wanted to say about the defense though was. Quincy and Quinnen need to stay together. Like, all the talk was that Quincy couldn't tackle. Quincy was, and Matt has said this a few times, he was statistically ranked like one of the worst tacklers in the NFL last The worst last year. And I swear to God, you cannot tell. Like, dude, he's, he's in the right spots, and he's thumping. 
And don't get me wrong, he's don't I'm not saying he's this all world anything, but like he seems to be real at ease in this system with his brother. In that moment with them hugging their grandmother at the end of the game, that I, I really dug that, man. Quincy Williams, he's one of the many guys. They must have had a bounty out on Derrick Henry boy, because they they were they were laying the wood. Uh Quincy Williams had one of the biggest hits of the game on Derrick on Derrick Henry. Um, Javelin Gidry had a big hit. I mean, it was just it was just really good. It was a lot of good football all around. I think the Jets had what eight sacks. They seven. were like seven. seven. So Tan and Tan and shout out to Tannehill. He's a tough. He's a tough dude. He was getting hit. He got sacked seven times, but he got hit probably half a dozen times. I mean, a dozen times. Um, dude, he he I, escaped I, from like three more sacks. Exactly. Yeah. So he he's a really tough dude. Um, what I will say, I'm just so happy for these DBs. Uh, Brandon Eccles, I mean, Brandon Eccles, arguably, I mean, Bryce Hall is, is CB1, and he's been locking people down. The Jets are the only team that haven't allowed a, a, a receiving touchdown. But the their corners haven't allowed a receiving touchdown. That touchdown that they got through, I believe that was on a lot that was credited to a linebacker. A linebacker supposed to be in coverage on that on that pick play that they tied the game up with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've just been thoroughly impressed. And you know, when when Julio Jones and AJ Brown are out, that's exactly what you're supposed to do to to you know Chester Rogers and Josh Reynolds. So I've just been, I I just really I'm losing words right now because the Jets started ooh, Sherrod Neesman and Adrian Colbert, I believe at um at safety. Yeah. So I'm it's it's really crazy to see Isaiah Dunn with a critical stop on third down, undrafted free agent. I'm telling you, man, like these, like th- there's no, <laughs> there's n- there's no premium picks in the, in the defensive backfield. I mean, Ashton Davis is back, so he's probably going to start working himself in, but he's a third round pick. And, th- and this is how good teams are built. And I was reading a snap. The, the Jets have, the Jets are leading the league in snaps played by rookies. They have over 1,100 snaps uh, played by rookies, which is the most in the NFL. And I think they might be the only team above 1,000, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it's just it's, hey, you it's up, really you beautiful. You brought up Dunn, and, and he only had like 11, 11 snaps, and and he made you know a huge, huge play. play, huge. Like that's that's what you want to see, man. That is what you want to see. Like I honestly, I'm like you. I really have no words to describe what we're seeing from this defense, specifically the back end. I, yeah. I, I really don't. And again, I don't care that Julio wasn't there. I don't care that AJ wasn't there. I don't care. You play who's in front of you. Because if they would have let Josh Reynolds walk the dog on them, and if they would have let uh uh Nichols, uh I forget his name. <sighs> Jeremy McNichols. No, no, the 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 wide receiver. He got this long ass name. Uh I forget his name. But if he let him and Chester Rogers and all of them just do them in, we would never hit an end up. So, so you know, don't don't take credit from them now because you would have dogged them if they would have looked bad. So, shout out to them. Yeah, and, and you guys touched on, you know, Quincy and Quinnen, but, I mean, we said it, I mean, you guys said it earlier, you know, in, in the year that Quinnen's going to need a little bit of time. The, the first couple games was his preseason. Again, I think this is another game, another sack and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Had two last yep. week, sack and a half this week. So now you got JFM with three, three and a half or three sacks. You got Quinnen with three and a half sacks. 
And you have a favorable matchup coming up next week also from, a, you know, an offensive line versus defensive line perspective. So it could be another long day for the, for the Falcons quarterback. But listen, man, Quinnen is just – I think that teams are going to start paying, paying attention to JFM now because of what he's been doing. But that only benefits everyone else across the defensive line. Now right. Quinnen is not going to be seeing as many double teams because JFM is absolutely – you can't put a tight – that play where he knocked the, the, the guy into Derrick Henry and blew up that play, that was against a tight end. You can't put a tight end against JFM. You, you just can't do it. So now teams are going to be putting linemen against him and they're going to have to shift protection and so on and so forth just to make sure that they get at least a, a, a competent lineman on on JFM and Quinnen. And it's just it, – it, it, it makes for a unfavorable matchup for the other team. And it's a beautiful thing because I think one of the things was is coming into this year, we're transitioning to the 4-3 from a 3-4. And now it, it just makes it so much harder. Obviously, we knew that the linebackers had to be better in coverage because of the, the scheme that they're going to be running. And quite frankly, C.J. Mosley, did you guys see that interview where or the, the post-game interview where they were talking about C.J. Mosley? They don't audible the defense. They never audible the defense. But then C.J. Mosley saw something. He audible the defense. I don't know the specific audible. I don't know what he did specifically resulted in a sack and then they asked they they, they asked Salah about it on uh his, his interview I think yesterday or two days ago and he was like yeah we don't typically allow that but when when you're a pro bowl former pro bowl you know middle linebacker you get you, sometimes you get the benefit of the doubt there and and it was just impressive I mean from every single level of the defense it was impressive and I think one more point that I have is that I think the secondary just doesn't they know that they were su- supposed to be the weak link of this team and I think they just want to—they don't want to disappoint the rest of the of the defense. And I think this is what Quinn meant in his interview last week: was, listen, man, all eleven of us got to be on the same page. All eleven of us have to be, you know, doing the right thing at the right time. And I think this is just the case of the D. De- and it's not really par from the course, honestly, from every single game that we played so far. The defense is 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 on all cylinders right now, and they're all on the same page for the most part. There's occasionally a broken play here and there, but that happens to the best of the defenses. But yeah, man, they're they they're just churning and burning on that defense. I don't think it's coincidence that Q called them out, including himself, and we saw that effort and what they did against Tennessee. Yeah, I think that it was it, timing has a lot to do with it. The injuries they probably felt like they could really win. You saw the post game speech by Justin Hardy. He said, two in a row. We have a chance to win two in a row. We can't get to two in a row without getting to one." So they really felt confident and they felt good going into this game. And yeah, it's it's good to win, man. And you know, it seems like Jets games are always exciting. Like when the Jets are good, they keep uh, they keep our asses excited. And when they're bad, they keep us frustrated. So, I mean, for the game to end on a missed field goal, it was just – I felt like that's just exciting as their first win should have been. I, I just feel like <laughs> – I, I just feel like nothing comes easy with this franchise. And then when we do get some uh, – when we do get some luck, it's always stressful. And they always have to give you an ulcer before they do it. So, I, I was just – it was just really good to see, man. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm having a – might be it's not, it's not corona but i think i'm just my throat's just a little sore but but yeah it's good to see like i matt matt uh mentioned talking about uh converting to the four three and what do we say i mean you know i was the first one i think we had like a whole little breakdown about the three technique and how it was going to allow quinnon to to be more aggressive and we should see him being in the top five of his position and now we're starting to see it I mean, like he just and and the, y'all want to know the crazy thing? If you look at the snap percentage, Quinton is only playing like seventy percent of the snaps because they keep rotating guys in there. Yep. One so, guy, uh, 
One guy we we failed to mention. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Is no, Bryce good. Bryce Huff. Oh yeah, talk about it. Like, you know, one thing we was worried about was him not being able to to hold up in the run, and him being like very situational. Like he he's proving us wrong, man. He's proving us wrong every week. He's getting better and better every yes. single week, and he's gonna start seeing a lot of more, you know, one on ones with tight ends because they have to shift to make up for JFM or worry about Q. Like we are really seeing this defense come together, and dare I say it, man, we we probably have a top ten defense on our hand by the end of this year. Top eight, possibly. I would, I, I would say top twelve. I would definitely see that because when you look at the, you look at how the cornerbacks are playing, and and you obviously they're going to get tested too, but uh, they've gone up against some pretty good wide receiving cores. Like uh, for the most part, the the Broncos were healthy. They had Sutton and Patrick the whole game. Hamlin was in there in the beginning. Right. Uh, they started off with with very stiff competition as well too with Robbie Moore and DJ Moore. So I think I think listen. A quarter through the season, you can kind of see that teams are who they are. You know, some teams make big turnarounds and some teams start out the gate slow. But for the most part, you can kind of see, um, you know, that, that guys can play. And we we can now see that Bryce Hall is legit. Bryce Hall can play. Uh, Brandon Eccles. I mean, listen, the combination of Michael Carter, Eccles, and Gidry, they can all play too. I've been thoroughly surprised with Gidry played on the outside. I, I know that I'm talking up the corners a lot, but it's just really surprising the hell out of me. I'm not. Not yeah, you, at all. This is your I told you so moment. Hey, yeah. this makes yeah, up good. for me. This makes up for me back in the mullet as hard as I did. Although, if 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 he happens to get in there for, for uh Vin Rotten and he does something, then I will be vindicated. I don't think that's uh, I mean, listen, I don't know. Greg Van Rowan's been bad, man. You think Feeney would Feeney Feeney was on his ass a lot in the preseason, but yeah. That competition, yeah, must on be the razor left. thin. It, it had to be because you know, PVR looks bad, man. He, I, PVR, I mean, honestly, though, they gave up what one sack, I think. In the and game? guess who gave it up? GBR. It was him. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did. He did. But you know who looked good? You know who looked good? Say oh, boy, AVT. Sure did. Look good. I think he had somewhere in the ballpark of an 82 pass passing grade, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and was the highest rated offensive lineman across our, 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 you know, overall. So listen, man, I saw a couple yeah. blocks where he got to the second level, completely wiped out the safety plus, and and I think I think it was on a Michael Carter fifteen yard run or something like that. And you want to all talk about my, earning rep? What was it? Yeah, no, I was just saying all of Michael Carter's big um, big runs to runs the, left. Came to the left side. So just so imagine when Beckton's back. Yeah. And if AVT gets his his act, I mean, uh, you know, it's for him. He didn't play the preseason, so it's fair to give him, you know, a couple weeks. But if Beckton comes back and they could just run to that left side, then we're cooking because then you can actually. And I know you're rolling your eyes because Beckton is a no to F with him. No, no, no. I was I was just saying good, and then we could uh, get Fant as uh, blocking tight end and get some of the and actually get a push. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, man, I don't know. I think we want to talk about earning reps, and I know I'm just going flinging back to the offense real quick. But you want to talk about earning reps? Michael Carter is showing why he we, they would have taken him in the third round. That he's showing why they would have did it because he's earning every single rep he's got, and he is the feature back now. I didn't even oh I don't even God, remember any Ty Johnson plays. I think Ty Johnson caught a third down out of the backfield, and that was it. 
That that kid, he he's so Listen, he's so agile. God and we least. still we still haven't seen his final form yet. That dude is so low to the ground and breaks so many tackles. I'm telling you, like he's gonna be one of those guys. Like I don't know. I just see like Maurice Jones Drew. He's not as powerful as Jones Drew. He's probably he probably has more shiftiness. But the way the guys used to bounce. So remember how guys used to just fall off of him. Like that, yeah. like they would try to tackle him high and they would just slide off and he would just always stay in bounds. And he's he's not looking to run out of bounds too. Like on that play, he 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 kept the clock going. Cause that outside zone, it was leading him right to the right to the um sidelines. And he stayed in, he stopped his feet, cut on the dime, and then took it uphill for another four yards. So y'all know how I feel about that kid. I told you, I was like, honestly, he's he's I think he was what, my number three running back or something? Yeah. You you know who who I get from him when I watch him, he, right? Priest Holmes liked. Yeah, yeah. Priest Holmes used to break a lot of tackles. Just just small because Priest was only like four, five eight five Mom, eight and a half Charles? five eight five nine. Yeah. Not as fast as Charles. Charles was one of the fastest. Nah, Charles was lightning. Nah, yeah. Charles was light speed, but like from a size perspective, Jamal Charles was tiny as hell. Yeah, he was like five ten, one ninety five, yeah. one ninety. Yeah, because he was a track he was a track kid. That's right. Yeah. Like if you look at Priest Holmes and you look at like Michael Carter's bill, they, they they're kind of similar. Like you know, yeah, he's yeah, he's a cross between. I already told you, I feel like he's another Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, like those so, guys like that. So I just think that it, I think it's going to be good. But so now you know, um, like like uh, like we saw Michael Carter and the other Michael Carter. Um, now we got this game coming up in Atlanta. Versus Atlanta in London, sir. And um, man, I, I'm, I'm actually excited to, to see this because we have. Uh, well, well, we have an opportunity here. Yeah, because it's going to be just like the Titans. So the Atlanta Falcons they reported Thursday as, as we're recording this that Calvin really their number their number one and number two receivers aren't going to be in. So and they already don't have a good offense. So not so basically, it's going to be the Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson show. And they haven't been protecting Matt Ryan. So at all. At all. So and Matt Ryan, I'm sorry, man. He kind of looks like he's almost at that point where we saw like Drew Brees' arm strength declining. Like guys that didn't really have strong arms already and now age is starting to catch up to them. I, I think that it could be it could be a good day for the Jets. But not to take them lightly because they did beat the Giants. Yeah, they they did. They they did beat the Giants, man, but you know, they also was at full strength for or the most the part when they beat did themselves, it. let's be honest here. That's true. I, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna say that because I got defensive when people said that Tennessee beat themselves. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna say that. That's although fair. although Slayton should have caught that touchdown, but that's neither here nor there. Um. So listen. Usually we talk about you know advantages, disadvantages, um, and like we said, we we always take the defensive line versus everybody we've seen. And I honestly expect them to knock the tea and crumpets out of Matt Ryan, you know, Sunday morning. Like that, that matchup is a given for me. What other ones do you guys see? Um, And we'll start, we'll start with the defensive side of the ball because that that's the most exciting part to me. So what other matchups do you see us having Matt? Is it is it too early or is it is it fair? Like obviously Ridley and Gage ain't playing, so like I understand. But is it fair to finally say that maybe we have an advantage against their wide, our CB group? 
has an advantage against their wide receiver. Is that fair? Because like we, at, at four games in, four I'll games say in, love and football. Yeah, four games in, and I, I think that's I, enough I, of a sample size. Yeah, I, w- I would roll with that. I mean, listen, the number one and two. So, so we're looking at Tajay Sharp, Christian Blake, and Zucaius. I don't know. Zucaius. Zucaius. Sorry, Zucaius. Oh, maybe Zucaius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those people. Th- these are their these are their backups at the X and Z, and then Zucaius is their slot. And I've seen Zucaius make some plays, but. What? I mean, it's it's basically going to be Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst. I think those are going to be your biggest and Cordell Patterson now, who's well, apparently well, they move Patterson back. everywhere. Like, like he doesn't do his damage, you know, from the backfield. He does his damage catching the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that that's who Patterson is. He's never really he's just an offensive like he's an athlete, like the college athlete. That's yeah. who he is. He he's never had a position. He he's finally hit his stride with yeah exactly with, this with is, his yeah, niche. This is what he should have been. He's he's more Alvin Kamara than he was an actual receiver. Yeah, he was ahead of his time coming out of Tennessee. Like he was he a was. first round pick, but he didn't have a position. He wasn't refined. He was just like the NFL he, was he, in a different spot too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he, if you bring him in right now, I think. And you know what? I'm surprised that a, a team. I know. I know that we're kind of getting off on a tangent, but like Cordero Patterson, kind of like in what John Gruden does. I'm surprised that he didn't stick with Gruden and they didn't create all those opportunities for him too. Also, even somewhere like Kansas City, like with Andy Reid, I thought that he, he would oh, probably man. flourish. He would probably flourish there too. But all right, yeah, back to this. Matt, I think that you are not off base saying that the corners are a um are a advantage for the Jets this weekend. Because Ashton Davis coming back, Michael Carter the second, Eccles, Bryce Huff, and Gidry. I mean, yeah. I, I, that, that, that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, you you got you got the hall monitor number thirty seven. Yes, sir. And, and then you got you got my new guy, my you know, Michael Carter, for who shall now, if ever, be known as MC Hammer, because he is hitting everybody. Yeah, you're on fire today. I'm yes, telling you, man. Oh, oh, you know that meme's coming out next. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be the next one we put out. You know, but uh, yeah, man, like. They are at an advantage, and I would be highly disappointed if Matt Ryan lit us up in the secondary. I would yeah, be I mean, yeah, I mean, I would be shocked too. But then we also have to remember that you know they're going to be playing. It's going to be their bodies are going to be, and I know that they're already over in London. Probably their body, It's going to be nine thirty in the morning. Right. So I'm sure that they, and you know these London games are always. Remember Jackson will go over there. Jacksonville would always. Isn't it nine thirty in the morning here? It's nine thirty here, but, but nine thirty like here, day. but. Yeah, I know, but I'm still saying like like the, with the time difference, like yeah. biologically, oh, okay. they might right, still be. Yeah, you know, they're not used to, you know, playing the game at that time. But I, I'm sure I'm sure that they're practicing around that time, so their uh, their internal clocks are probably um, you know getting adjusted. They got over four there. days to get acclimated, so that's yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think defensively, I think the Jets. I I to be honest, anything short of four, anything short of three sacks and at least one takeaway. I would be I'd be upset. I'm looking for a fumble recovery, at least one interception. And if there was an over under on three sacks, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over and I'm taking two picks. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I listen, with that. the pressure. Yeah, with the pressure. Listen, Isaiah Dunn could have probably got a um a pick last week. And in the, I mean, this team should have a couple picks. They've gotten their hands on a few balls. I, I totally agree, man. Um now one one matchup that 
intrigues me is, is Kyle Pitts versus I don't know who. CJ. It'll be a combination of CJ Mosley, Ashton Davis, and I guess Gidry or Michael Carter. Because I, mean, I I figure they'll move him in the slot a lot. You know, kind yeah. of do like a la um uh Travis Kelsey, where he you know, lines up inside and he's also lined up in the slot as well. They flex him out, yeah. And I mean, we had he he hadn't really just shined like everybody thought. He doesn't look like the generational talent right now that everybody, you know, thought he was. Because you know, all the rage in, in the jet chat groups were keep Sam draft pits. He's he's a generational talent. And I'm just not seeing that. And I'm not saying he won't be, but right now we're not seeing it. And uh I, I just don't want this to be his coming out party at, at, at all. But you know what? Let it be his coming out party. Ben, don't break. Derrick, Derrick Henry had a really good game. 33 carries for 160 yards and the TD is a very solid game. Let Kyle Pitts, let Kyle Pitts go off. Let him go for 10 receptions, 150 yards, one touchdown, and that's the only touchdown they get. That's fine because you're not going to be able to stop everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I can yeah. I can live with that. Yeah, like you like if you could let him get his, or listen, there's two ways you could do it. You could let him get his and shut everything else down, or you put all your time and energy on shutting him down with the faith that those that those guys can shut the you know the Sakaias and and the Tajay Sharps and the Hayden Hurst of the world. So you can do it both ways too. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I just I kind of just selfishly want this to be like one of those 28 to 3 games where we just completely shut them down and make a statement. You know what I'm saying? Three. I love it. Like yeah. like like we you know, I want us to have that game because Atlanta is so bad and they're so hurt right now that you know, we we do that and people are like okay, they are taking care of the teams that they're supposed to take care of. You know what I'm saying? Like That's true. Like sure. even I, even last week without Julio, without AJ, we were still dogs. And like right now, you know, Vegas got it at three and a half Atlanta. Even okay. without, you know, Calvin and, and Gage and all of that. So, you know, I want us to come in and just from pillar to post whip their ass. I, I'm with you. I, I can roll with that. I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. But I but I but like just to just to go out with what you were saying, I was saying like, it, I don't even care if it's Kyle Pitts' coming out party because we all yeah. think that he's going to be pretty good. But you, you get what I mean, right? Like, you're yeah, not yeah. going to, like, stars are going to eat just like we already knew what McCaffrey was going to do. So right. if, yeah, so if Kyle Pitts does decide to go off, I think that that's fine. You know, you know, let him eat. But guess what? Everybody else is going to be starving. Speaking of which, they got Mike Davis in the backfield. Now, we talked about Derrick Henry in 33 for 160. Are you worried about Mike Davis, Matt? No, because their offensive line isn't nearly as good as as our defensive line. And honestly, if they if they first of all, if you I think what happened last week was the Titans were one dimensional, which is why you saw so many runs from Derrick Henry. This might just be another case of where the Falcons are just one dimensional. They don't have any wide receivers. Their quarterback has a noodle arm, and Mike Davis is gonna get a bulk of the carries. But I don't I think that the Titans offensive line was significantly better than what the Falcons are going out there and putting on on the field. So I just I think that our defensive line and the speed of our, our, our linebackers just allows us uh, speaking of which Blake Cashman is, is you know practicing. So who knows if he'll play. 
But, you know, I think the speed of our front seven is just too good. And I think we're just that much better in every facet of the game and especially the run game. So I just think that this is going to just be, if, if I had to be honest, I think it's going to be just a long day. Obviously, like you guys said, I think Pitts can go. This could be a coming out party. I don't care if it's a coming out party. The, the, the people making the highlights after the game could be like, oh, Kyle Pitts did this, that, and the other. Okay, but I don't care because he only scored one touchdown. And honestly, the only person that's going to make a difference in the game is Matt Ryan. And if Matt Ryan's sitting on his ass and the running game is, is non-existent, or even if it is existent, but they're bending and not breaking, only giving up field goals and no, you know, receiving touchdowns like we already, you know, spoke about earlier in the in the pod. I mean, I don't I don't care. Mike Davis doesn't scare me. Doesn't scare me nearly as much as, uh, you know, a lot of other running backs. Hell, if he goes for over 100 yards and we still win, does it matter? No. So I think if, if they're really going to be relying on that run game, you just put Foley out there for, for two out of the three downs, force him into third down, bring in Sheldon and wreak havoc on third down like you did last week. And it's, pretty, it's a pretty sim- simple formula, especially with a quarterback that is not mobile at all. He's a statue. He is. He is. So, and Tannehill has significantly we, – we said Tannehill got out of a couple sacks last week. Matt Ryan will not get out of those sacks. He will do what Tom Brady did for the history of history, where it's like when he sees a guy coming, he just gets down because he doesn't have a chance. And if he sees I, – I, shit you not. If he sees J, JFM just completely maul his, his, his left or right guard, it's over. It's a sack. It's, a, it's over. He's not getting out of the pocket. It's not going to make a difference. And he's not going to have anyone to throw to. So I don't know, man. I'm not concerned with Mike Davis, and I'm not concerned with Matt Ryan. Now, is it, there's always a possibility that he has a good game. He is a former Super Bowl quarterback thrown for 4,000 yards a bunch of times, but I'm not overly concerned with, with, with them. Cause I think that they're not even, I think they're zero dimensional. I don't even think they're one dimensional. Well, you know, you, you brought up him being the super bowl and just like being in the super bowl up to now, he makes horrible decisions when he's under pressure. Like he took a sack in the super bowl. He shouldn't have taken, but you know, that's, that's that I'm just saying that to say that, he can be forced into bad throws, and I do expect a, a, at least one pick from him, you know, because of how ferocious our, our front seven is and how depleted and bombed out his his offensive line is. So, yeah. What about you, Amar? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not concerned about it at all. I think listen, the only people that 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 worry me is Cordero Patterson in this new world he's carved out the tight ends. I don't think that Mike Mike Davis. I don't think Mike Davis is going to do anything. All right. So we've already said that the, the our secondary got the advantage. We've said that our defensive line got the advantage. And we're not worried about Mike Davis. So, you know, the linebackers are going to do their thing. So I, I want to go to the offensive side of the ball. And I honestly believe that we will see – this offense do very, very well. And and not just the off scripted plays and Zach improvising. I mean just mano a mano, we're gonna beat you with this play, that play, this play, that play. And uh I think we'll have our first hundred yard rushing this year. I was actually gonna say that too. I think that Michael Carter can rush for well, maybe not him just because like they, they've been splitting up the carries a lot, but collectively I could see them rushing for 120 yards to 150. I, I could see that. The the one matchup that does worry me, obviously, is going to be Grady Jarrett on the interior. I think yeah. that you're going to have to – I think they're definitely going to have to put a lot of attention, focus a lot of attention, 
and 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 energy to stopping Grady Jarrett. I I liked AJ Terrell coming out of college, so I do think that that he that he's pretty good. Uh, Matt's making a face; he probably didn't like him that much, but I, th- I, I think like where he was picked. Oh yeah, I, I thought it was pretty early, but. But you know, I, I thought that he was a solid player from a winning program. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. I thought that he was a he's a pretty solid player. Fabian Morrow, average, average at best. Isaiah and, Oliver. Yeah, yeah, Isaiah Oliver. Um, I like him. I think. I, I mean, listen, if Crowder's healthy, I like the I like the Jets. I think he just brings a whole different dynamic, and then he takes the pressure off of Corey Davis. Now Corey Davis doesn't have to be the guy getting all of the attention because we see that when he's getting all the attention. He's dropping passes. He's not helping anybody out. And even, and even last week, he, you know, he's the reason for Zach's uh, eighth interception. So I, I do like some of those matchups. I, I like the, I like the offensive and D. I think that it's a wash between the O line and D line, just because I'm, I'm just not ready to give the O line credit. But they, I'm, I'm a little worried about that, that Grady Jackson versus the interior O line matchup. If I'm being honest. Uh, oh yeah, we should work. We, we should be worried, man, because they're going to, you know, every team spots goes for the, uh, the uh, uh, opposition's weakness. And they're going to look at that right side and look at, you know, that A gap on the right side between Connor McGovern and uh, Van Rotten. And, and they're going to attack it, you know, play after play after play after play. So, yeah. A great, great what? Great is like he's top five defensive tackle in the league. Yeah, Grady's up there, and he's playing five technique now. And I don't, I, I, to be real, I, I don't know how he's been doing. Uh, he only has one sack on the year, but he's he's a baller. So I never understand why teams, why teams that have good four three D tackles think that it's okay to convert to a three four, unless you're going to be an otter or if, unless you're going to be an odd man fronts and you're sliding them down and allowing them to do. I just, I just didn't understand that. I just just doesn't make sense to me, but that, that's we, we saw that Q's first year. Yeah, exactly. I, but yeah, they drafted pissed. him. Yeah, I was pissed. That's the only reason why I didn't want him. But um, so how do you guys feel? Is it, I'm looking through their through their front seven. I mean, I I think Dante Fowler is one of the most overrated players in what about the league. I think, uh yeah, I think that uh, Zach is gonna have to watch out for him because he's somebody that flies around the middle of the field super fast. Uh, that matchup. Yeah, definitely. He's a coverage and a running chase guy. But but again, in this three four, I don't like Deion Jones in a in a in um in a three four because if he's gonna have to go up against Elijah Vera Tucker and, and hit the guards most of the time, he's he's because he's, he's, he's not the yeah. biggest guy. No, he's, he's not. not. I think he's like six one or six foot. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those. He's a, he's a tweener. Yeah, he's six. Yeah, he's like six foot two twenty. So he's going to have no play. I mean, he'll he'll get washed out by the guard as easy as a safety would, if we're being honest, especially, you know, seeing what we did last week with AVT getting to the second level. If AVT has a chance to get to the second level, odds are we're we're gashing them for for 10, 15, you know, seven yard average. And Mm -hmm. and hopefully that's the case, because I think that this might be the week we, like you guys said, we might establish the run game and maybe we'll start off, you know, not waiting until the second. When did we score that first touchdown? The second quarter? Maybe we'll start off with with some points in the first quarter just because we'll establish the run game enough to the point where we could take that deep shot and feel comfortable with it instead of trying to force it. So Yeah, have the Jets scored? And to be honest, I don't think the Jets have scored in the first round, in the first round, the first quarter of uh, any game so far, right? No. No. Exactly. So, yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll save that for 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 predictions after this. But I, honestly, I, I'm gonna just say that the offensive line and the D line is gonna be a wash, just because that's just how much I respect Grady, uh, Grady Jarrett, and I think you guys uh, will feel the same way. I think. Um, Damn, I kind of like our receivers, but every time I pick our receivers, they really shit the bed. Yeah, so you ain't picked this crop of receivers. Yeah, I was about to say. You you're right. You're them. right. There you go. You're right. You, you're right. You, you pick pre Crowder. You're right. Listen, right. listen. If we talking all this shit, yo, JD gonna have to pay my man some money for real, because I I don't like that. Hey, let, let me let me just get my rant about that because 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 you know the, the, the floor is yours. Take it away. Y'all know how I felt about that. Listen, L- listen, man. Talk about it now. I like I told y'all. I think that they played their cards too early. Like I knew they were high on 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 more, and I get it. I really do. But you cut the salary of the only dude that's been consistent the last three years for nothing, right? Like you said on on the uh, the episode before last, Amari, you didn't use it to bring in you know another player. You didn't use it to extend May. You didn't use it to you didn't do it for anything. You just took it and sat on it. And now you are seeing what he brings. It's no coincidence that that offense looked that much differently with him. Then you hear Zach saying, "I knew he was going to be open in the first game." You you got that much faith in this dude it, it, after three quarters of playing together. Like, he has shown you his worth, and you took his money. And honestly, I wouldn't have done that. I would have seen how it worked out and, and you know, approached him midseason for an extension if he's playing like this. Like, I, I just <sighs> – it bothered me, and it still bothers me. And if he goes off this game, that will look really stupid because now he's just upping his value for the rest of the NFL to see because he's leaving. And I don't like that. I don't like it either. And you are absolutely right. That's why it just didn't make sense to me. But you know what? We'll, we'll enjoy it, and hopefully they'll use Elijah Moore in the same role that another team is using, another fast, shifty wide receiver more. And Rondell Moore, um, not you know, just giving him like ten to twelve plays a game and just letting him use his speed, not asking him to do too much. I just I don't think that Elijah Moore was ready, especially after missing the preseason too. So right. I think that we'll start to see. You know, you guys are right. You guys are you know, you guys are getting me to uh, you know change my team. So this uh, this crop of wide receivers for this week. Yeah, you're right. You you're right. Listen, a healthy Keelan Cole and a healthy and a healthy crowd it does make a huge difference. I really think, and again, I'm, you know, I'm, I know Elijah Moore was kind of thrust into it. No preseason, no nothing like just raw thrown into the NFL. Now this presents a world of mismatches for Elijah Moore, if we're being honest, because I would put my money on Elijah Moore versus another team's fourth corner. Absolutely. So if you can design some plays, I mean, Elijah Moore did show the propensity to get open in one-on-one. He did. It was just either the ball, you know, he had a concentration drops against the Panthers uh, he wasn't hit in stride in the in week two against the Patriots. So some of the stuff isn't really entirely his fault. But if Elijah Moore, this, this is why this is a good problem. And we've been saying this all offseason was this is a good problem to have. And now we finally get to have this good problem where Elijah Moore could be lined up against. I don't even know who the fourth corner is for the Falcons. For all I know, he Deion Jones could be lined up against Elijah Moore and Elijah Moore could just torch him. I don't know. But I mean, like you said, Amar, you give you give Elijah Moore a, a 10 to 12 play script 
where he knows exactly what he's doing. He can't get confused on the route he's running. Nothing like that. You get a couple jet sweeps in there, mix it up a little bit. Points or big plays. And I'm looking for at least one to two deep shots from a, a, a relatively clean pocket this week, just because I don't believe the, the Falcons pass rush outside of Grady Jarrett's going to be anything. So, so, you, uh, that's you guys so you don't, you're not worried about Dante Fowler versus any of the tackles. I'm worried about Dante Fowler rushing up the middle. On a stunt I'm worried about, or I'm worried about like that. stunts through the A gaps. If they line Dante Fowler up against, you know, uh, Moses on the right side and they do a stunt where where GVR has to pick him up or, or McGovern has to pick him up, I'm absolutely concerned about that. But that's more more or less to me would be like a free run on Zach. That would worry me. But am I worried in like one-on-one, you know, going against Moses or, or Fant? No, I'm not really worried about it. But, I mean, listen, we saw it last week. The, the, the damn running backs actually learned how to chip. The tight ends learned how to – I mean, that one play on the rollout with the uh, against the Titans. I'm sorry to go back to it. That one play on that deep pass to Corey Davis for the touchdown, I think it was Croft or Griffin. They came across the formation, and they they chop-blocked chop the guy down that would have sacked Zach had he not been blocked. So they're at least giving – you know, they're making some adjustments, and maybe they're working on it in practice or whatever. Ty Johnson had a couple chips, and so did Devin Coleman. So worst-case scenario, you just give Dante Fowler a little chip like you did last week. You had to do it with Harold Landry. Yeah. I mean, listen, guys, at the end of the day, what did we all say that this that this year was about progress? Right. Right. More importantly, progress from the quarterback position. And to be to be honest, I mean, like there was there was some hiccups. We all thought he started off good. There was some hiccups against some really tough teams. But the defense has progressed every every game. I think the offense as a whole, it's looked cleaner. Yes, it. You know, it had to get bad before. Yeah, it, it's slow. And that's what you want. You want to slow cook. You don't want to skip any any steps of the process. So I, I am I am feeling good in this. So um I mean we saw we saw a better script as well. We saw better plays. You know. I'd say so. So you know, maybe he's maturing too, man. Ho- hopefully, you know, the maturation process isn't just for the players, it's it's for the coaches too. Because you know, we, like we were watching the game together, uh, well, separately, but you know, texting back and forth, watching in the spirit, game. We're like, in spirit, yeah, 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 in spirit, uh, over over Al Gore's internet, and uh, you know, we was like, oh wow, a screen, a wide receiver screen, a bubble screen. Oh look, he's running the ball. Like we don't see that. So like we were seeing different things that we had been complaining about them not doing, starting to take form. And, you know, I saw a little write-up where uh, Mike said that he went up to Zach and said, you're, you're starting to, you know, play. This is the NFL fo- This is NFL football or something to that yeah, effect. Yeah, he's, yeah. And Welcome I'm like, to the okay. NFL. And I'm like, okay, so are you going to start calling NFL plays now? Like, it goes both ways, guy, and we, we need you to do that. So hopefully we, we see that, man. He bailed him out. Set the kid up for some success this week. You have a favorable matchup where even, you know, for whatever reason, every other team gets the benefit of the doubt except for the Jets. Like the Falcons get the benefit of the doubt. They're still three and a half point, you know, favorites over us or whatever. But, and I'm okay with that because yeah, if, so we, I, if you would have told me we can go on a two game win streak at some point in this season, I probably would have called you a liar because I would have thought, I, I really thought we were overmatched in, in a majority of our games regardless. So Yeah, I think if we man. went back, I think I only had them winning like five or six games. So this is right on par. You can get to two in the first five. I'm like, damn, you, you know, you cooking with grease. So Right, you've already, you already topped your your season from last year in the first third. <laughs> exactly. Of, of this season. So, you know, 
And, and, and I think this win will go a long way to team building, man. Sure. Confidence building and, you know. And leading, in, and leading into the bye. Right. Leading into the bye. And, you know, like, then you got uh, Jared Davis coming back. And, you know, you're getting, you're getting healthier. And, you might get you back know, to him back. Yeah, you might yeah. you might get back them back. Yeah, and listen, listen, you know, DUISI, Marcus May is coming back too. So Blake Cashman, Ashton Davis gonna have a couple weeks under his belt. So guys are gonna start to get healthy. Hamza Nazruddin is probably he'll be he'll be coming back shortly after that as well, too. Saying right. they're gonna be some playoff teams, some anything like that. But listen, man, this th- these types of games, that game against the Titans is a confidence builder and it's a momentum, you know, setter. So if you can go into London and I, and honestly, this is kind of if I'm being honest, I don't know how much you guys put thought into this. What do you think about the crowd there? Because I've seen so many Jet fans over there because, like, they love New York, you know, New York City. You know, when they come over here, it's like a tourist attraction. I know there's a lot of Jets fans over there. I don't know about yeah. Falcons fans. I've, I've, yeah, yeah, I've read that. That is a yeah, lot yeah. of support for the Jets over there. Dude, uh, there was a guy, I don't know. Did you guys ever used to be on the Jets blog? Like, uh, uh, those those boards? Yeah. Yeah, so it was called the Jets Block. You guys remember the guy Bent? He's actually from the UK. The guy they used to do a lot of the content over there, and they have a large contingent of fans over there. Like it, it might be, it might be Jet Central out there. I, I would love to see that man. Like, and and I, I want them to go over there and deliver. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I want them to to, like I said, beat them from pillar to post. You know, I I want them to to just 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 have their way with them on both sides of the ball. And and if if they do that, and if you if, if that happens, we go with two and three. And then who we got up next? Like we could possibly be three and three. And that was just, you know, mind F everybody if that happens. They have New England after the bye, right? I'd have to so. check that up. Yeah, I could look that up. Hold on. I mean, they're, they're, if it is New, New England's beat them. Yes, yeah, it's, it's at, absolutely. I mean, New in England New England, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, and look, I don't want to get too far ahead, but you know they they were dropping seven and eight guys, so you know this time they're gonna blitz. They're gonna blitz the hell out of you. So now you just gotta be whatever whatever Belichick did in your first meeting, he's gonna do the opposite in the second. And if you meet him for a third time, he's gonna try and switch it up too. And then you'll see the more times you see Belichick, you can beat him, like just like with Rex. But we won't get that too far ahead. We gotta focus on this, or getting this win. Got to focus on being two and three. So, what do you guys have for for predictions? Unless you got anything else to add? Uh, nah. I, I we 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 can go into predictions, man. Um, I got us winning this game twenty seven seventeen, or maybe twenty seven twenty. No, I'm gonna stick twenty seven seventeen. I like it. I I'm gonna say 24-14, and I'm gonna say that the defense has a a really strong day. Two takeaways, four sacks. Oh damn! Okay, I got. I also have. I I have two picks. I don't know about fumbles. I got five sacks, and I got the Jets winning thirty-one to seventeen. Yeah, I got them putting up a yeah, 31 I like piece. I, I think they're going to come out strong. I think that they're going to let Zach rip it a little bit, and I think they're going to take some deep shots because I think 
I already said it once and I'll say it again. I think that Elijah Moore being that number four wide receiver, I think that this could, we're talking about Kyle Pitts coming out party potentially being this game. I think Elijah Moore's coming out party could be this game just because he's the number four and we got Crowder making mismatches over on the, uh, in the slot on the other side. I think uh, this is going to be Michael Carter's coming out game. Oh, I agree. It's one of them. I think he rushes. I think he puts up two touchdowns and you'll start to see him get more involved in the passing game as well, too. I think this is what the offense is probably going to start to look like, because I think this is uh, this is going to be the first time that all the weapons are healthy. Right. Uh, As far as uh, skill players. Yeah. Yeah. So you have your full you have your full um, arsenal of skill players. You have uh, an offensive line that's starting to gel together and you have you have a quarterback that's seeing like, hey, I, I can, you know, I can do this shit. Well, you know, you you kind of you kind of jump started what I was gonna say uh, with your Michael Carter talk, but I actually had him as my fantasy pick of the week. Oh, give it to us! So I got I got Michael Carter. I got him with three receptions for at least thirty yards and a touchdown, and rushing for another eighty and a touchdown. Oh like man, that's a that's a big day. Like I listen, I, I really see them, you know, opening up and and using him in the pass game. Like, dude is is just that good. So that's who I got as as my fantasy fantasy pick of the week. Become the PPR god we think you can be, Michael Carter. Yes. So we we got predictions. We got advantages, disadvantages. We didn't even have really any disadvantages, which is a shock um, to me. Because we have some disappointment. I, I I'm not I'm not going to even acknowledge that as being <laughs> like I, I think this is the one game where everything lines up and 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 we come to play both sides of the ball and special teams. Um, but yeah, man, like we're all excited for it. I'm looking forward to getting up early. Uh, no bars will be open, so I, I'll, I have to make my own Long Island iced tea to 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 watch the game. But I'm I'm good with that. You know, nothing says football like cereal and hard liquor. So I'm ready, especially when you're a Jets fan, right? Hard liquor pretty much goes to anything Jets related. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like it's it's kind of like PB and J, Jetson, you know, Jameson. <laughs> no, no, no I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited that I that we get to wake up, watch the game. I get to do some work and then get to enjoy the rest of my Sunday. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking. It dictates how my Sunday goes. Yeah, me too. And me that's too. why they got to win because I don't want my morning to be shitty. Now I got to be mad all day. Well, the good thing is we predicted they're all going to win. So uh, we just got to keep that in mind when we're watching. And this yeah. is the first time. This is the first time this year that that we've all actually predicted them to win, I think. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is the first time I picked them to win. So, And and, and hopefully it won't be the last. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, yeah, man, this is good. So, uh, yeah, man, good episode. As, as always, episode 41. Um. You know, we we're getting 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 our you know our groove, man, and and, and I'm really enjoying this. And, and as the season progresses and we progress, you know, um, we, we're just looking forward to, to doing this and talking with you guys and, and just just having fun with it. So, before we slide out of here, fellas, any anybody got any closing remarks they'd like to throw out? 
Uh, nothing, man. We appreciate all the, the fan engagement and all the Facebook groups and liking the page. I'm seeing the, the likes go up. If you guys like what you're hearing and you guys like what we're doing, man, you know, subscribe. Definitely give us a five-star review or any review on the Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. We appreciate everything. We're going to keep this thing moving. Yeah, man, I think you summed it up. You know, keep liking, sharing, following the page. We love the support. We love the feedback. Leave us some reviews, nice comments, constructive criticism, whatever you got to do. We're trying to bring this thing up and make it uh, bigger than it already is. Oh, yeah. You know, I I couldn't say it any better. So on behalf of the Flight Deck Podcast, Mr. Omari Brown, Mr. Matthew Freeze, and myself, TK, thank you guys for all the love and support, likes, shares, and follows, listens, and downloads. And we look forward to seeing you guys for hopefully a win on Sunday. Y'all take care.